Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's 2022, everybody. Come on. Who stayed up to watch the, the ball? Anybody? Good for you guys. Good for you guys. I have a four-month-old now, so... He went to sleep, and uh, me and my wife watched uh, TikToks, and before we knew it, it was like 12.15 in the morning, so we're like, hey, happy new year. I don't even think we kissed. Gosh, we got some things to work on. Come on. You know, New Year's uh, is, is all about, you know, new beginnings and, and uh, fresh start and everything like that. Anybody have a New Year's resolution this year? Anybody big on those at all? Nobody at all. Wow, okay. Let's pray. Uh, so, all right. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, uh, I'm big on, on New Year's resolutions. All right. All right. Don't judge me. Okay. Uh, I just figured that people who are not big on them just don't keep them. So it's just like, you know, they're just like, ah, you know, but I want to, I want to read to you. I, I looked this up. All right. Top five resolutions. All right. Of, of just the most common ones. All right. Can anybody guess number one? Lose weight. <laughs> Lose weight. Exercise more. I'm like, listen, if I would have done that, I would have done that at like in high school, you know? All right, she said this. I'm on the maintain train right now. All right, maintain. Okay, lose weight, get organized. Come on now, all right? Learn a new skill or hobby, whatever that means, all right? Live life to the fullest. Let's go climb a mountain, all right? Save money and spend less. There we go. But like I said, listen, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big on New Year's resolutions, all right? Uh, I, was, I was talking to Christian this week, and, and we were talking. I was like, do you have anything? And he's like, no. And uh, I was like, are you going anywhere in life? Or, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I mean, people, uh, people have resolutions. You know, I like to call them goals, you know, just kind of a vision for my life this year, all right? Um, and uh, I'll share one real quick. Uh, number, one of them is uh, I want to be present. I want to be more present. Right? Anybody, anybody get a little absent-minded here and there, you know? Man, I just, I do it all the time, you know? I mean, Elena will ask me to go get a diaper, and then, you know, I'll be gone for like 10 minutes, you know? And, and, uh, and I'm like, I'm, I just, I find myself in a room. I'm like, what am I doing here? All right, but uh, I want to be present, you know? I, I, that's, that's a huge thing in my life, you know? I'm, I'm kind of thinking about tomorrow or, or thinking about yesterday or what had happened in my life or something like that, but I want to be present from the time that that I'm here at, um, at work or, or the time that I get home, man, I want to be present. And, and like, I got, I got a four-month-old now, and, and I, I'm, I'm not going to miss out, you know? I'm not going to be consumed with, with other things in life. And, uh, and so that's one of my goals, all right, is to be really, really present. Wherever I'm at, I want to be there. And so one day, I just begin to pray. I begin to pray, Lord, like, how do I do this? Like, what, what, are, the, what are the steps to do this? And I remember the Lord just really, really asking, like, am I Lord? Am I Lord? And I just was just like, yeah, of course you are. You know, you're Lord of my life. You are. But then he began to ask, but am I Lord of your moments? Am I Lord of your day? Am I Lord of tomorrow? And I believe that we can often miss it, that we all have areas, whether we want to admit it or not, 
We all have areas that we want to improve, right? In our lives, we want to be better in some area of our life. We want to be transformed to be more and more like Jesus. I think we would all agree that, hey, that's a, that's a goal every single year, right? We can all agree on that, that we want to be more and more like Jesus. We want to be transformed into the image of Jesus. And so we see things in our lives, our struggles, and we automatically go to this behavior modification. Like, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? And we try and fix it ourselves, or we think, hey, it's a new year, new me. I'm getting ready. 2022 is my year. I'm not going to yell at my wife. I'm not going to yell in, tra- in traffic. I'm not going to absolutely just lose it, right? 2022 is my year. It's going to be my year to be more and more like Jesus. But I think that we miss the root of the issue, that it's not just behavior modification, right? It's not just seeing what we can fix in our life, but the root of the issue is this question, who is Lord? Who is Lord? And we can think about our lives like, yeah, we're believers in Jesus. Like, oh yeah, of course, Jesus is Lord of my life. And we think about this, this, the big thing, right? We think about salvation. We think about, yeah, we're following Jesus. He's Lord of my life. But Jesus is really looking at the smaller things in our lives. Jesus is asking, who is Lord of your thoughts? Who is Lord of your time? Who's Lord of your attitude when you wake up in the morning? We can often just skip over like the little things in life, the little things that we struggle with. Who is Lord of your struggle? Whatever area it is, who is Lord of it? And when we ask who is Lord, what we're really saying is who has authority in that area? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Who has authority in those areas? Because if we're going to give lordship in those small areas, we're going to give authority in those small areas. But who has authority in those areas? Lordship and authority always go together. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through nine says this, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed in a terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I am, I only need to say go and they will go or come and they will come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. This was a Roman officer. This was not a Jewish person. This was someone that recognized Jesus was Lord. And he called him Lord because he recognized that Jesus had authority. 
Lordship and authority always go together. So if we're going to give the Jesus to be Lord of our thoughts, that means that he has to have authority in our thoughts. He has to have the final say in our thoughts. And so I want to talk this morning about where does authority come from? Where does authority come from? first comes from the word of God. The word of God is ultimate authority. Okay? I'm going to say it again. The word of God is ultimate authority. Matthew chapter 24 verse 35 says, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. You know, Jesus in the desert in Matthew chapter four exercised authority against the enemy. He was tempted by the enemy, constantly tempted. But Jesus responded, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus knew that the word of God had authority. But the thing about it, and, and, and this has just been stirring in my heart for, for just so long, it's been stirring and, and just feeling it inside of, of the church and especially uh, like, like young people right now. Um, and when I say young people, I mean even, even 20s and 30-year-olds, you know, this has just been stirring in my heart that, that Jesus didn't say when he was tempted by the enemy, right? He said, turn these stones into bread. Jesus didn't say, uh, I, I, I saw a pastor one time on Instagram and he was a real and it was really encouraging. Let me look real quick on my saved posts real quick, right? Like, let me look at, let me look real quick and, and see what this pastor said. Or, or, or let, me, let me pull up this podcast real quick because I really, I heard this great podcast one time and I'm telling you, if, if you could just listen to it, all right, you would, you would know what I'm talking about. Jesus didn't come at the enemy with just Instagram reels, with just 30 seconds of encouragement. He didn't just come at the enemy with just podcasts. He didn't just come at the enemy with just YouTube videos or, or, or whatever it is, an inspirational quote that you saw. He didn't come at the enemy with that. Because the problem that, that we run into sometimes is that we begin to replace those things. We begin to replace the word of God with those things. We begin to replace time spent listening to the Holy Spirit, time spent in his word, time spent receiving what God has to say with just a 30-second Instagram reel of a pastor that's just super encouraging and everybody's standing up and everybody's clapping and you're like, man, that sounds right. I don't know if it's right, but it sounds right. I'm encouraged. I'm pretty encouraged. But the thing about it is that we begin to replace the word of God. We begin to replace this precious time with Jesus with just things that we see And we can, we can make it an idol, right? We can make those things, and this is in my notes, but let, let's go there, all right? 
We can make those things an idol. Because we read the word of God to be transformed into the image of God. But then when we, when we replace the word of God with just quotes, what we think the word of God says, inspirational videos, podcasts, whatever it is, we replace the word of God and we make an idol of those things. When really we're supposed to be feeding ourselves the word of God. We're supposed to be feeding our hearts with the word of God. And here's what happens when we replace the word of God with those things is we become unfamiliar with the word of God and we become unfamiliar with the word of God. And now we become unfamiliar with authority. Like I've, I've discovered in my life that, that, that there's a lot of things that, that I've read in the Bible that I need to constantly be feeding myself. I need to constantly be in the word because I become unfamiliar with what the word says. Like right now, my, my, my son has, has a little bit of a cough, all right? A little bit of congestion, okay? And I know it's just a cough, and I know it's just a little congestion, sorry. It's my first time my kid's sick. Um, <laughs> but we turned, on to, <clears throat> we turned on the shower last night, and uh, you know, we got the room real steamy. And, and, um, and I was just holding them, and gosh, pulled together. I was kind of just holding them, and uh, just rocking them, and uh, just speaking in tongues. And I remember uh, very clearly, that's what uh, my mom used to do to me, to me. You know, when I had a little <clears throat> strep throat or cough or whatever it is, my mom used to just kind of hold me and, and turn on the shower and just, just pray in tongues over me. And, uh, and last night, I mean, the Lord was just like, don't, don't become unfamiliar with the fact that I'm still a healer and that I have authority over this and that my word says that by my stripes, you are healed. Don't become unfamiliar with that authority that we have. Even though it's just a little cough, Jesus is still a healer. His word is still true. But we can replace the word of God with things that we've learned years ago, with things that we've read years ago, but we easily slip away and we become unfamiliar with what the word says. We can think that we're good, but then we face an issue that's real. And we become so unfamiliar with it that we don't know where to turn to. And then there's not enough inspirational quotes to keep us in hope. There's not enough, there's not enough podcasts. There's not enough Instagram reels to keep us in faith. 
We become so unfamiliar with the word because we replace it with other things in our lives that we think is good. But we face an issue that's real, like my marriage is falling apart right now. Where do I turn to? And we have to turn to the word of God. We have to constantly be feeding ourselves the word of God. Timothy talks about people in the last days. In 2 Timothy 3, he talks about people in the last days. And he says this, uh, 2 Timothy 3 verse 7 says, they will always be learning, but never discover the revelation, knowledge of the truth. They'll always be reading, always be learning, always be listening. but they never come to the revelation. And why is that? I wrote this down. Truth never sticks until you get revelation. But revelation never happens until that truth becomes authority in your life. That truth never sticks until you get revelation. And revelation never happens until that truth becomes the authority in your life. Because revelation is, is when you read the word of God and it's like this light bulb comes, comes on in your heart. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. But that'll never happen until you begin to see the word of God as authority that this is the way, this is the standard, this is it. And when we get revelation, we begin to see things more clearly. We begin to see this is the way that I'm supposed to treat my spouse. This is so uh, tiny, but it means a lot to her, all right? Uh, for a, the longest time, I was uh, leaving the toilet seat up, all right? And, and apparently, that's a sin. Um, and... Uh, I, she, she was like, listen, this means a lot to me, all right, okay? You're leaving the toilet seat up. It's a lot of effort to put it down, all right? Just kidding, I love you, I'll do it. Um, so I just begin, I begin to pray. I begin to pray, I'm like, Lord, every single time I go to the bathroom, remind me, remind me, Jesus, make me familiar with it. But the Lord just begins to, to when you get revelation, the Lord, Lord begins to re reveal things in your life of how to treat your spouse, what really, really means a lot to them. He begins to reveal things of how to honor your boss even though you can't stand him. He begins to, to, to reveal things of how to raise your kids. This is how you're supposed to treat others. He begins to bring revelation into your life about loving others, forgiving others, even the people that you don't wanna love, even the people that don't love you back. He begins to bring revelation. He begins to bring understanding to these areas in your life. The struggles. So what do we need to do when we become unfamiliar with the truth? Unfamiliar with the word. Let me ask a random question. Uh, anybody uh, remember uh, getting spanked when you were a kid? Anybody? Yeah? Okay, good. That's great. Um, <clears throat> so when I was a kid, I was a pretty good kid. All right? All right? I didn't get spanked a lot. I was just right out of... Right out of the womb, I was just a God-fearing man. So, um, and uh, so I didn't get spanked a lot, all right? Or they were just like, 
We have four daughters. Just let them go. Um, we're tired. Um, but my, I, my dad, shout out to my dad, um, he would take me into the, into the bedroom. And I know this has happened, I'm pretty sure with all my sisters. But uh, he would just, he would sit me down, talk to me, you know, tell me what I did wrong and everything like that. But then he would just, you know, spank the bed and tell me to come out crying. And uh, so that's, that's just where, that's where my uh, acting skills came from. Um, but uh, from a very, very young age, you know. And, uh, but I was a good kid. But one time, um, I think I've shared this story before, but uh, I, did a, I did a three-year internship underneath Pastor Jeff uh, up in a church in Dayton. And um, there was one time where I was just, you know, I was, gosh, I think like 19 or something like that. And uh, just prideful. And, um, and I remember I was, you know, on the worship team and leading worship and everything like that. And all of a sudden, one day I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. And uh, so, you know, I, uh, I, was, I was confused in life, you know. I was going from skinny jeans to bootcut jeans, and I didn't know who I was. And uh, I, was sing- I was singing in an Australian accent. I didn't know who I was, all right? It was a very confusing time in my life, okay? And uh, sometimes it slips out. But, um, but I remember I was like, listen, I, I just got to live. I literally was thinking this. I was like, I just got to clear my head, you know. I just got to I just got to get out of the game, you know. I've only been in it for like a couple months, but it's just too much. And uh, so I went to I went to Jess. All right, I went to Jess, and uh, didn't even go to Jeff. I just went straight to Jess. I was like, listen, um, this was like before service too. And looking back, and I'm like, who are you? I'm like, listen, I'd I'd slap you silly. Um, this was like right before service, and I was like, listen, I'm just. <laughs> just, I'm not going to sing tonight. Like, I'm just, I'm kind of done, you know, with, with worship and I'm going to step down and everything like that. And, uh, <laughs> I remember that night so, so vividly because I was in the crowd and I was like, I'm free in Jesus name. I love you, God. I can live my life. You know, I was just like, I'm free from worship. Yeah. Bootcut jeans. Um, and, uh, I was like, I know who I am again. I love you, Lord. And, uh, and so, <laughs> Uh, so I just, you know, it was, it was, I was like, yes, this is it. This is what I've been looking for, you know? And, um, and so I'm, I, I think it was like the next day or something like that. He, he called me into his office and, uh, just absolutely just destroyed me. And, uh, you know, uh, verbally and, uh, to make that clear, he didn't beat me. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he made me like write down a bunch of stuff, you know? Uh, and I, I still have that piece of paper today. And, uh, and in that moment, you know, Jeff was just making it clear, reminding me who has the authority here, reminding me who has the authority. And I think that this, this can obviously happen when we were kids, right? This can happen when we're adults, when we're kids, we know who our authority is. It's our parents. But we can easily in life slip away from who's the authority in my life. And we have to remind ourselves. We have to remind ourselves who that is. When we read the word of God, it sets us back in place. It sets us back in place. You know, we've been, as a staff, going through the, the 90 day, uh, and 
read the New Testament in 90 days. And I'm pretty sure I'm like 89 days behind, but that's besides the point. It was a good start. Just kidding, Ryan. It was a joke. But, uh, you know, reading through, I mean, I've read New Testament, a lot of it, lots of times. But I'm reading it, and I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm being reminded that whether I like that person or not, I'm called to love them. Right? I'm being reminded of who Jesus is. I'm being reminded of so many things, and it's, it puts your life back into place. Like right now, I'm, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to the chiropractor, and I haven't gone to the chiropractor in probably uh, a week and a half or something like that. You know, it's Christmas break, whatever. But I can feel it, right? And I can't wait for tomorrow when I get corrected because I can feel it in my back right now that something needs corrected. And that's what happens when we read the word of God. It corrects our lives. It sets us back on that right course. Joshua 1 verse 8 says this, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything within it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. The word meditate means to constantly have on your lips, to constantly remind yourself of the word of God, to constantly feed yourself the truth, to constantly do it, constantly. It's a daily thing that we have to remind ourselves. We have to become familiar with the truth. We have to become familiar with authority. Next thing that has authority is the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, verse 9 through 11 says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of honor, to the highest place of honor, and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God gave Jesus the name that's above every single name. He made him at the very, very top. Ray, you can come on up. And God gave Jesus all authority. Matthew 28, verse 18 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. But we have to remember this. That Jesus is first. It's his character. It's who Jesus is. John 1.1 says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The very beginning, Jesus was there. He's first. There is no other first place. It's his rightful place. Jesus didn't play YMCA basketball where everybody gets first place. All right? But that's who Jesus is. Jesus is first. Jesus was given all authority. And Jesus was given all power. And it's the power to do what? It's the power to make you godly. 
2 Timothy 3, verse 5, again, Timothy is talking about in the last days, people, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. So Jesus is first. Jesus has all authority. And Jesus has all the power. That's who he is. And he will always be like that. To the very end of time, there will be one name that will be glorified. There will be one name that everybody will bow to, bow to, and that is the name of Jesus. But it says that they reject the power that could make them godly. And the question is, how did they reject it? How did they reject it? And I believe that they rejected it because they didn't put Jesus in his rightful place first in their lives. See, we can have the order always messed up. We can have our priorities always messed up. And there's so many times that we put things above Jesus. We glorify Jesus, or we glorify other things above Jesus. I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, that God wants to make this year the best year you've ever had, right? We've always said the best is yet to come. And that can be cliche to people, but I believe it. That can be overused, but I believe it. That in my personal walk with Jesus, the best is yet to come. That in my struggles, there's gonna be victories. That when I'm down, Jesus is going to lift me up. That this year, I'm going to be more and more and more and more like Jesus. And whatever it is, my thoughts, my attitude, my marriage, my work, whatever it is, I'm going to be more and more like Jesus. And that's what he wants for you this year. He's got the power to make you godly, to make you more like him, to transform you into the image of Jesus. But that only happens when in your life, Jesus takes his rightful place of you are the authority. And it all funnels down from there. Jesus is all powerful. He's all authority. He's first and he always will be. But the question is that, is that authority that he has the ultimate authority in your life? Is Jesus the top, the head? Because it only works that way. And we can go to church all day. We can come here, sing songs, go home, be a good person, just like Timothy's talking about. They act religious, but they reject the power because Jesus isn't in his rightful place.
because Jesus isn't the authority, because Jesus isn't first, he isn't head of everything. And I'm believing that this year, that in your life, that Jesus is going to be the authority. Jesus is going to be first. That the name of Jesus is the standard. That everything falls underneath the name of Jesus. Why don't you stand up this morning? The question is practically, how do we make Jesus first in our lives? How do we make Jesus first in our lives? I love this verse, Revelations 3.20. Jesus is talking. He says, look, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open up the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together as friends. You know, Jesus never forces his authority on anybody. Jesus never forces his lordship on anybody. Jesus isn't looking for robots. He's looking for followers. And I believe that it's a choice this morning of how you want to start off this year. How do you want to start off this year? Because I believe that Jesus... is knocking at the door. And I just get this this morning that, that listen, he's he's not just he's not just knocking at the door of of your life. He he's knocking at the door of your marriage. He's knocking at the door of your thoughts. He's knocking at the door of your attitude. He's knocking at the door this morning. He's knock he's knocking at the door of your struggles. And he's saying, I'm here. And the question is, before anything else, are you gonna answer him? That's how we put Jesus first. We turn to him before anything else. We turn to Jesus before anything else. We put him first by answering the door when he is knocking. Jesus is going, are you struggling? Are you hurt? Is there issues in your life that you just don't like about yourself? Well, I'm knocking. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Will you let me in? Will you turn to me first before anything else? Will you let me be the authority in your life? Will you let me be first? Will you let my power transform you? Jesus is knocking this morning. He's not against you, in case you were wondering. He's not against you. He's knocking. He's right there. And he wants to transform you into the likeness of him. 
to have the best year that you've ever had. But are you gonna let him in? Are you gonna turn to him first? Right now, let's just close our eyes. Just in honor of Jesus. Because he's in this room right now. And let's not decide tomorrow whether we're gonna let him in. Let's just decide right now. Because I feel like this whole entire time, God, is, God has been knocking at the door of your heart. He's been knocking at an issue that, that may you've been dealing with for years. You've been dealing with for years. And you're so tired of dealing with it. And you just want this year to be the year that you just live in freedom. You live in victory. And Jesus is just saying, let me in. Let me be the authority. God, right now, we just, Jesus, we just put you first. Jesus, we can be extremely weak in our struggles. And the things that have held us back for years, man, the things that have held you back. Listen, I've dealt with fear for so many years. struggles of your heart that you've dealt with for so many years, insecurities, intimidation, doubt, and you've dealt with it for so many years, but Jesus is saying, I'm standing, I'm knocking. And it hasn't changed just because it's 2022. He's always been knocking. It hasn't changed because it's a brand new year. He's always been knocking. But right now, Jesus, we let you in to have your way in our hearts, to have your way in our thoughts, in the deepest, deepest part of ourselves, of our souls, Jesus. The deepest part of our soul, we let you in so that you can be the authority, so that every single struggle can come underneath your authority. Every single struggle can come underneath your authority, Jesus. That you would be first. Jesus, we just thank you for your power this morning. thank you that you've always been faithful to us. You've always been knocking, Jesus. This is the year where we let you in. This is the year that we let you in, Jesus. Transform us. God, make us more like you. That we would love people this year. We would remind ourselves of what your truth is. 
transform us into the likeness of you. We thank you that the best is yet to come in our lives. The best is yet to come. Come on, just say that to yourself right now. The best is yet to come. Whether you don't believe it or not right now, whether you think it's just overused and a cliche and you don't believe it or right now, the best is yet to come in your life. You're not done. The best is yet to come. God's not done with you. God is not done with you. God's not done with you. No matter how many times you failed, God's not done with you. No matter how many times you have messed up, God's not done with you. But he is knocking. So Jesus, we just thank you for your faithfulness, for your power, for your love. Father, as we go about our week, we thank you, Jesus, that every single morning we wake up and we let you in. We thank you, Jesus, that every single morning we let you in, we let you in, we let you in, Jesus, to our lives. Praise you, God. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.